This is a Voice in the Wilderness podcast channel. Um, The topic of this podcast is going to be the purpose and intent of my social media platforms. But first, a prayer. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, Amen. All that I am, all that I have. All that I do shall be consecrated to the service, honor, and glory and exaltation of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, the Sacred Heart of Jesus, and the Heavenly Kingdom. In Jesus' name I pray, Immaculate Heart of Mary, please pray for us. Sacred Heart of Jesus, please pray for us. Amen. Okay, so 
The topic is what what is the the end goal, not just of my podcast, but my social media in gen- general. I have a Pinterest at St. Raphael at John K. Hody, um, uh, I'm sorry, 67 on Pinterest, and a Tumblr account, um, Slave to the Immaculate Heart and the Sacred Heart at Tumblr. And honestly speaking, I really wish I could get some more feedback because I've got a limited amount of feedback that I get. But apparently I need to talk about my reasons behind what I do. And because I I don't think that people understand where I'm coming from. And I do realize, of course, that I kind of talk about it in bits and pieces throughout both my podcast channels. But I haven't articulated in one podcast what I'm why I'm doing this and what my attitude is when I do this. So um to start out to start out um I was a pagan a hedonistic pagan who knew nothing about Jesus Christ and Christianity until God intervened directly in my life. And it's, I'm just going to say this disclaimer. Everything I'm talking about, yes, it has to do with me. Um, That's the only experience I can talk about because spirituality is an individual thing. It's It's not a generalized thing. It's an individual thing. So God made us as individuals and He will deal with us as individuals. But I noticed that He dealt with me step by step. He showed... um, And and for those of you who are unfamiliar, I'm going to reference the um, episodes on my original podcast. So, that was my road to Damascus moment. And then my next move was to enter the Protestant church... And I'm not sure what episode that is entitled under, under the original episode. But if you check the show notes, it should say. And then he intervened in my life again to move me on to the next stage, 
which was Vatican II um, sect church, which at the time I thought was the true Catholic church. And then he intervened once again when I was when I was at my lowest ebb and brought me to set of a contism. And then he intervened again to get me serious about taking my relationship with the pre-Vatican II Catholicism seriously, my relationship with him, his blessed mother, and the heavenly kingdom more seriously. Now, Um, as for those of you who have never listened to my original podcast, I started this last year around this time. And as I started growing spiritually a little more mature, I could look back on my past. What I just told you were the major the major and oh actually I'm probably not um, spiritually mature enough to make a infallible statement so I'll put it like this what I gave you were the highlights of his major interventions but as I started growing mature, mature spiritually I started realizing that Everything that I'd gone through, even the most horrible times, had been meant for a larger purpose. And so, um, um, it just, um, And by the way, once you start taking your relationship with Jesus Christ, His Blessed Mother, and the Heavenly Kingdom more seriously, you will find you will grow more zealous for the faith. I, I think it's a necessary reaction. And just as a disclaimer... Because I've met Sedvacantists who say this stuff, and Vatican II sect members for that matter. Oh, I'm married, I have kids, I have a 40, a 60 hour week job. I, I don't have time. If it's important, you'll make the time. And I can't think of anything more important than trying to get more zealous for the one true faith. That's just my bottom line. And I go back, I did mention this on my original podcast about how Jesus um, talks about, um, I think it was in the book of St. Matthew, may have been St. Luke, but there's a scene where a Pharisee invites him to dinner. 
And there was a woman. She's just called a woman. Now, in traditional Catholic uh, teachings, she is listed as Mary Magdalene, who was the sister of Lazarus and Martha. And she broke open an alabaster jar. Now, at that time, uh, alabaster was every bit as pricey. As a matter of fact, I'd say it's more pricey today because it's become more rare and more scarcer. But she broke an alabaster jar of some costly uh, perfume and poured it over Jesus' head and then started crying on his feet and wiping his feet with her hair. Which is a sign of total submission. And the Pharisee whose house it was, he didn't say it out loud. He was thinking it. He was like, well, this, if, he can't be a prophet if he knew who that woman was. He, he would not allow her anywhere near him. Now, there are some ignorant Vatican II types who tried to argue that Mary wasn't a prostitute and they're missing the, pro the point altogether. In that society, in that time, you didn't have to be a literal hooker on a street corner taking money for sex. If you were sleeping around, period, if you were sleeping around, um, man or woman for that matter, but let's be honest, in that society, the onus fell more heavily on the woman than the man, um, you were considered no better than a whore. I'm going to put it bluntly, no better than a whore. So, when he, when Simon was thinking this, the Pharisee, as far as, you know, and by the way, she was notorious in that district for her behavior. She was basically, you know, she was living with different men, and then when the relationship ended its course, she moved on to a new boyfriend. Now, to anybody who's been born in the past 60 years, does this sound familiar? And because it was Jesus, Jesus asked Simon the Pharisee a question. He said, Simon, let me ask you something. Let's say that there is a, a uh, Lord and one of his subjects owes him all. Uh, for this, for this sake of this, I'm just going to use uh, the Hebrew equivalent. So he says, there are two subjects. One owes that Lord a hundred shekels, and the other one owes ten. But he forgives both debts. Who do you think is going to be more grateful? And I'm paraphrasing here. And Simon the Pharisee says, well, the, the guy who owed more. 
And Jesus told him. He said yes. To, to he. Much has been given. Much is expected. I have not come to heal the well. But the sick. And. This is. What he was saying. And I covered this. Uh, on my original podcast. This concept. That. A person. Who. Real. Who has their eyes opened by Lord Jesus and the Blessed Mother? And they come to realize just how much they owe them for their blessings and the graces that they've received, even, even when they had no intention of ever, ever serving them. And the, uh, and, this is what Jesus was talking about in the Pearl of Great Price. And they don't have to give them the grace of recognizing and the wisdom of recognizing what a great gift they have been given by bringing them to the true religion. And they recognize the fact that they didn't have to give them that grace, but they did anyway. And so, once again, different people, different reactions, they realize how much they owe Jesus' blessed mother for this gift. Then they, they realize when Jesus says... Too much has been given, much is expected. And for a deeper dive, go back to that, to my original podcast, because I'm already 15 minutes in, and this was not supposed to be 15 minutes story. But when they realize that, basically everything else but being a faithful servant or slave of the Blessed Mother and the Lord Jesus becomes their top priority. And this is with the understanding that nothing that we can do can ever repay them. That is why I said, would you owe a great debt and that debt gets um, abolished if you have a sense of honor, you are indebted to the person who released you from your debts. Anyhow, I've come to that realization. And I've had it's been remarked upon me that I'm monocle, monomaniacal about this. And I, I answered honestly, I said, I prefer the term fanatic. I have no, I have no 
issue being called a fanatic because as far as I'm concerned, this is something worth being fanatical about. Not your secular country that you were born into, not your race that you were born into, not your uh, genetic stock that you were born into, not um, the things that don't even count like hobbies, politics, um, sports ball affiliate. No. The things that count are serving Lord Jesus and His Blessed Mother and the Heavenly Kingdom as best as you are able with what you've been given. And by the way, um, I don't think I included this in this, uh, this podcast show notes. I'm going to put the Sermon uh, of the Mount, not the, not the whole Bible passage, but the chapters that you can find it. Because everything that pre-Vatican II Catholicism um, became its baseline are in the Sermon in the Mount. You just have to have the willingness to recognize it. And by the way, to all you uh, 3,000 IQ takers out there, they're thinking that I'm just talking out my butt. Read the writings of the saints. All, well, yeah, all the saints. And it includes the church fathers, starting with Clement. You know, I think the last church father was Bernard. And then the doctors of the church that came afterward have all said the same thing. That um, the only thing that's as important is your salvation, the salvation of your loved ones, and the salvation of the rest of mankind. Everything else is of secondary importance. And unless you're willing to hear that message, you know, you're... You're not going to, you know, this is all going to sound like a bunch of ranting and raving to you. You have to let go of your attachments to the things of this world and start living for the spiritual kingdom or what I call the heavenly kingdom. Now, once you come to the realization, and I'm going to get into... Uh, my attitude but once you come to this realization of just how much and you've been given and how much you owe but the debt has been forgiven and you feel this obligation to at least put yourself at the service of the person who released you from that debt then nothing, there, there's nothing on this earth that will keep you from becoming dedicated to that. And 
if you want to call my complete and utter dedication to the pre-Vatican II Catholic Church and our, our Lord Jesus and our Blessed Mother, if you want to call that fanaticism, be my guest. I, I would rather be called a fanatic than a heretic or a coward. I would absolutely, you know, call me what you want. But I, I'm not going to back down, at least as far as I know, I am not going to back down in this devotion. Now, and like I said, you know, St. Paul himself talks about this. He says, to the Greeks and the pagans, it, uh, I think he said that it, uh, something along the lines of it seems like foolishness. And what he's saying that is when a person their priorities are not on the kingdom of heaven then a person who is devoted and motivated for that end is going to seem like a nutcase it's absolutely going to they're going to seem like a nutcase because and by the way I'm I'm not excluding myself from this because when I met, when I was a pagan hedonist, people who were on fire for God, I mean, my basic attitude was, well, okay, you know, um, they're devoted to this, but to me, this sounds like giving up a bunch of stuff that I like doing for something that may or may not pan out. Now, once again, I was a pagan hedonist. So, don't come back and be, oh, that's, that's a heretical attitude. I was a pagan hedonist. That makes me a heretic from the get-go. Anyhow, but, and, I think he, he says for the Jews it sounds like so much blasphemy and um, heresy. Now I'm probably massacring the quote but that's the general gist of it. That to a person who cannot detach themselves from the things of this world um You know, a person like me or whatever person that's, you know, a hardcore set of a contest is going to seem like a ranting, raving, foaming at the mouth lunatic. And I'm fine with that. My job is to put the message out there, not to make friends and influence people. And that, that's part of my attitude. Um, and, um, 
like I said, I'm, I'm not ashamed of who I am and I'm not ashamed of who I serve. And, you know, I just, I do what, I do what I think the Lord wants me to do and I let him and his blessed mother sort that out. So you take that for what it's worth. Now, um, my other attitude is that having my, put myself under the service of Lord Jesus and Mother Mary in the heavenly kingdom because I feel I, you know, I can never repay back the debt and I can't. That's, that's, that's Catholic dogma. But the purpose of my social media, the long and the short of it is, is to try to spread this message that the things of this world do not matter, that being under the one true religion matters, that having the correct dogma or doctrine matters as a baseline, but it's not the end. That's your baseline that you work off of, and then you work on your spiritual relationship with Lord Jesus and His Blessed Mother. And I'm trying to get this out um, as best as I can. And once again, I don't consider this, or I try not to, I, I'm not going to lie, toward the beginning there, you know, I, I, my ego and my pride would, you know, oh, you know, you're not getting any listens, uh, and then, you know, God gave me the grace to recognize, well, this is dedicated to him and his blessed mother anyway, so it doesn't matter how many people are listening, how many people are following. What matters is, is how many people, and, you know, I might as well get this out there, um, get something out of what's being said. How many people are having a seed planted in them? That's what matters. Not the likes, not, not the thumbs up, none of that. What matters is, is getting the message out there and doing the best I can and letting Lord Jesus and His Blessed Mother and the Holy Ghost do the rest. So, now I am going to try to get in the habit of saying this. I do hope, not just this podcast, but A Voice in the Wilderness podcast. I do hope it blesses you uh, or at least gives you something to think about because I'm just going to flat out tell you using your critical thinking skills and not being swayed by emotion is the first start is, is the first step on the road to finding the truth. It is the first step. Now, who that, you know, who this message reaches, that's, that's up to God and the Blessed Mother. I just, 
you know, my job is just to impart what's been given to me. Once again, I take no credit for anything that's been said on my podcast channels or, for that matter, what's been posted to my Pinterest and my Tumblr accounts. These are not for me. They are not for me. They are from the Blessed Mother and the Lord Jesus. And that's the bottom line. Um, and right now I haven't gotten to a topic yet that's going to require the list of resources. However, as I said in my podcast introduction, if you go to my original podcast channels, when I talk about the errors of Protestantism or the heresies, and the heresies of Vatican II, I give in my show notes resources that you can check out. So, if you just listen to one of the episodes, if you're a Protestant and you're listening to the heresies of Protestantism, and you decide to dismiss it without checking the sources... You know, if you stay that way, you got no one to blame but yourself. You've been given the resources. And that leads me to another thing I've said. And I said in the podcast introduction, I know that today's society has been spoon-fed everything. And if it's not in a handy link, they don't want to take the time to maybe enter in the title of a book or the title of a podcast into the Google search engine or whatever search engine you may be using and do it that way because, oh, that's that requires doing something. I, I'm not here to conform to your expectations. I'm not here to conform to your, um, you know, I'm not here to spoon feed you. As I said on St. Longinus' baptism, I was told growing up, if something is worth having or doing, it's worth working for. Now, in closing, I'm going to end with this. The person that said, you know, you're Monica monomaniacal about this stuff I didn't take offense at that I didn't because you know some people you know because we're individuals some people are not if they're not where you're at what you may say or do may seem completely alien to their mindset so I don't take offense But what I told that person was, I'm trying to get to the heavenly kingdom and bringing as many people as God's grace will allow me to there. And, um, I I, I don't see anything 
anything monocle maniacal about it. Because there's only one path to heaven. And, you know, that's why Jesus, when he was doing the parable of the sower, and us, you know, the sower is a farmer, and he's the seeds are his message. And the four types of ground, and he explains it to his uh, apostles. He explains it. He says that there are four different types of conditions when you spread the seeds of God's truth. And that's all I'm doing. I'm trying to be a sower of the seeds of truth. And I can't think of, well, no, I'll flat out say, there is nothing more important to get into heaven. And if you realize just how much grace you've been granted, getting as many or planting the seeds as many people as you can to help them to get to where they need to go, which is heaven. And there should be no rationalizations, no excuses when it comes to this. There should be none. And for you Vatican II types or set of the contests, although it's more heavily with the Vatican II types, well, I'm not a theologian. <laughs> you don't need to be a theologian to, to understand a pre-Vatican II catechism. You, you know, if you're a sincere and devout follower of what you think of as Catholicism, nothing that are in the pre-Vatican II uh, catechisms should be difficult to understand. You don't need to be a theologian. God's not going to put things in your way from keeping you from the truth. You're the only person who puts things in your way to getting the truth. You are your own worst enemy. You, God will give you the grace. You have to be willing to go to take the grace first of all, to take it and then go where that grace leads you, wherever it may lead you. But, you know, to those of you who are married, you know, and you are working like a corporate job or whatever, that does not, that does not excuse you and I don't care if you're some farmsteader, said Vacantis, with 15 kids and you, you plow the fields 12 hours a day. Do you think the peasants in the high Middle Ages are doing anything more differently than you are? It is, it is your duty. You will be held responsible as a true Catholic father if your wife and your kids are not educated 
either by your example or by what you teach them. Now, does that mean that everyone's going to be a saint? Once again, no. But that once again, our end goal is aiming to be a saint. Whether or not that actually happens is up to Lord Jesus. And you need the Blessed Mother to help get you there. And that's one thing I'm going to end on. Now, I've, I've done an episode to the Protestants telling them the importance of a relationship with the Blessed Mother. So this is going to be more aimed at the Vatican II types. Because since the Vatican II Council is just a bunch of Protestant heresy, They've become, the Vatican II sect has become every bit as atomized as the Protestant sect, sects. And once again, I'm speaking from experience here. Different priests will teach you different stuff. Now, for those of you old enough to remember, that's where we got the expression singing out of the same hymnal. In other words, it is not Catholic dogma that priest A teaches you one thing, priest B teaches you another, and priest C teaches you another. They're all supposed to be on the same page. But that's not the way the Vatican II sect operates. Some priests will teach you the importance of having a relationship with the Blessed Mother. Others will claim that, well, you, you know, you can't give Mary, uh, uh, I'm sorry, the Blessed Mother too, uh, too much un, undue um, wor uh, praise and, and worship because that detracts from the Lord Jesus, even though she's his mother, even though God shows her to bear Lord Jesus, even though the Holy Ghost is her spouse, they still say that. So, what I'm trying to tell you, Vatican II types, is unless you understand the importance of Mother Mary informing that very... Well, I'll just put it as simply as I can. Unless you have a deep and loving relationship and are a servant of the Blessed Mother, you will never, unless God gives you the grace, you will never have a closer relationship with her son, the Lord Jesus Christ. It just ain't happening. So, 40-minute mark. I pretty much... And I'm pretty sure that I've covered, uh, I, I'm sorry, that I've repeated some of the, the other uh, tangential points that I've made on other podcasts. For, uh, for this one, though, I wanted to put them all into one podcast. So, take this for what it's worth. I do general genuinely hope and pray that you get something out of this.
or at least the seeds have been planted. And I do care about you as much as a failed, flawed, sinful individual can care about his fellow human beings. I'm praying for you all. And I'd like to see as many of you get to heaven as possible. Thank you for listening. God bless you. Have a good day. Bye-bye. Thank you.